0: Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders sharing thoughts and practical tips for growing your most valuable customers. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, founder and CEO at Momentum, the B2B growth consultancy. Welcome to this episode of Account-Based Marketing. Today, we're joined by Catherine Lucas, Head of Platform Marketing at State Street. And we'll be talking about something that I'm personally very interested and excited about, launching a new proposition into the market. Catherine, fantastic to have you with us, welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Alicia. It's great to be here. Catherine, um, I know you and I've worked together for a few years. I've always been really impressed by the the, the energy and the, the fearless uh, change that, that you've brought to State Street, in particular around the, the platform. And we'll dive into the work that you and your team have been doing. But I'd love to get us started with a, a bit of an intro- introduction into who you are, the, the role you have at State Street and, and your career so far. Sounds good. Sounds
1: good. It sounds so silly for me to have to tell you this because we've known each other for so long and worked <laughs> together for so long. But, uh, but uh, I, I currently run marketing and communications at State Street uh, for a number of our key brands and solutions. Before this, I came actually from the consulting space and uh, and prior to that from the retail space, and I'd kind of focused exclusively on telecommunications sector. So it's a, a bit of a change for me in financial services, but it's uh, it's loads of fun, believe it or not. Yeah,
0: you definitely bring a, a, a new energy. And I think having that consulting background has really held you in really good stead with some of the stakeholders that you're dealing with, both internally and externally, which I'm looking forward to diving into. And Catherine, your role as head of platform marketing, you're leading uh, a new area that has, has developed um, over the, the past 18 months at State Street. It'd be great if you could give us a bit of context around what Alpha is, the, the history of, of how Alpha as a proposition and, and a service offering from State Street came to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's really interesting. You know, A couple of years ago, we we really were, and we always do, but we've really been listening to the voice of the client, right? I mean, that's that's so crucial and it's embedded in everything that we do. And several years ago, what we started to notice is we noticed that our clients were really kind of continuously grappling with a whole host of challenges. And this was everything from volatile markets, product rationalization, shifting investor requirements. There were, you know, new financial regulations were coming down the line. And then, of course, you know, over all of this, they were seeing shrinking margins and just this rapid pace of technology transformation. Uh, That latter one, obviously, probably not not unique to financial services. But what we were seeing from our, our institutional and wealth management clients. Were that was that they they really wanted this kind of continuous coverage and operational resiliency to help protect them in in times of uncertainty uh, oh how prescient of them right now with the with the pandemic in in full swing so uh, so essentially what we did we collaborated with our clients and we went to work on an innovation of our own and we created a platform that extended beyond our traditional back and middle office solutions and we created State Street alpha and that's essentially a platform that supports institutional investment and wealth managers across the entire entire investment life cycle it automates workflows it streamlines operations and it really gives these asset managers and asset owners quick and deep insights into their portfolio construction you know and of course we identified data as the the veritable lifeblood and central component to the buy side operating model and then made sure to incorporate system interoperability so a lot going on <laughs> with uh, with our new our new approach and our new platform
0: and, and Alpha came to be through the, the combined proposition of State Street and, and a, a really key acquisition uh, that you guys made a few years ago.
1: It did. It did. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. You know, we had really a kind of top of the line, middle and back. The, the core proposition of State Street Alpha is a front to back platform. So your front office, your middle office and your back office all working together, single point of, of kind of single, single user experience, let's say, single desktop. And what we found is we, we really had kind of industry leading, as, as cliche as that sounds sometimes, industry leading middle and back office capabilities and some front office capabilities. But we didn't quite have the full proposition that we needed and the full brand recognition and strength of a front office provider like Charles River Development. And so we, we did go forward with that acquisition.
0: Yeah, speaking of that acquisition, you know Charles River themselves, a huge organization. You know State Street making that acquisition, and and traditionally thinking about the role of marketing in a in a financial services organization, it tends to be very communications focused and and not necessarily at the the, the front end of you know shaping the strategy. What did you see that was different in the role that marketing played as as Charles River that acquisition was made and as the Alpha proposition developed out? it was it was really interesting actually it was it was quite a fun time it was
1: you know one of those things you're working all the time but it was really interesting cuz this was really on the marketing side for us this was a broad reaching endeavor right not only did we have the acquisition in play but we also had the new offering that we needed to consider so we were partnering with investor relations and hr to make sure we had the the acquisition narrative right we were partnering with sales and the business to develop the value proposition for a category that candidly had never existed before. And I, I think the, the best way I can kind of describe our, our role in marketing was this never ending to do list. But it wasn't our traditional checklist. Like we we know how to do kind of the communications around, you know, minor acquisitions or or, you know, new product launches, that type of thing. But this was really something that needed to be strategically developed and honed more so than I'd, I'd ever experienced before, and it had a, a really a wide reaching range of stakeholders. So while it was really, really, you know, some some tough days, some long days, a lot of ideas and a lot of thoughts, it was really, it was loads of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, given that that dynamic stakeholder base. I, I know that you, you were playing to and having to work with many different audiences, you know, thinking about your customer base, your employees, shareholders. What what did you have to do that was was different in this situation compared to some of the marketing communications programs or, or previous uh, product launches? What was different? Gosh,
1: it was, it, honestly, there was there was a lot that was different. But I would say the, the biggest thing was making sure and, and recognizing that this proposition, for for all of the different audiences, of course, we had to segment. Of course, we had the persona work going on, but what I think we had to recognize was this was this was a living proposition, right? This was going to change, and this was going to evolve. This wasn't kind of a, a one and done. Okay, you know, there was there was the announcement of the acquisition. There was the announcement of the the new proposition. We're out. We're fine, mic drop, off I go. It was very much you had to had to really you had to really kind of we had to tuck into it. And it's it's interesting because the the folks who are still working on the proposition, it's very much the same team that started it. And I think that's that's part of the the nuance here and part of the the kind of the excitement of it is you have to be so committed to this new proposition and to to this new brand. And you you have to be kind of uh, you know a bit precious about it and really enjoy it and really love it because it's continually evolving and and it it just won't stop it's it's like a it's like a new baby I'm I, I have two little children I think of it as like my third child I'm not sure what my husband would say about that but but that's that's kind of how you have to look at it.
0: it's interesting when you've been there from the inception of a, a new proposition and as, as it's built and, and grown, other aspects were through the acquisition uh, you, you've seen it morph and change and I'm sure it will continue to evolve. Um, how did you go about building out the, the, the value proposition itself? You mentioned that you were defining a new category and this was unlike any previous launch.
1: Yeah, it was, you know, this is kind of interesting to me because I, I think some, some people might think and, and I kind of thought about it for a little while that we almost went about this a bit backwards. You know, we developed a value proposition with the business based on consistent needs that we'd been hearing from our client. Right? We we knew strategically what we're, we were creating and offering, but interestingly enough, we actually didn't know what we were going to call it. So we uh, we kind of had this this amazing and you remember this, right? You're like, oh my gosh, are we really going to call it front and back? And so we we kind of had this this amazing concept and and this amazing kind of you know, industry moving idea. And we had all of the components in place except for the name. So we then had to work through this exhaustive naming exercise. And, you know, we, we landed on State Street Alpha, which is this idea of redefining the common definition of alpha to mean powering better performance and outcomes at every point in the investment life cycle. And, you know, once we had the name, as, as you all know, Alicia, we, we then went about refreshing the proposition again, right? Because we realized when we had this very powerful name that actually there were elements of the proposition that could be far more powerful than it had been initially. So that, that kind of goes to this idea. Again, it's just, it's living, it's breathing, and you constantly, it's, it's not that it's never good enough, but it can always be better. So it's, it's just this kind of constant evaluation.
0: I think just linking those two points together, Catherine, you you mentioned that, you know, bringing together all these different stakeholders and and actually having to build the proposition that you're almost bringing everybody with you as opposed to presenting a shiny, here's the name of the platform and then getting everyone behind it. So in some ways, that first wave of let's figure out what shape and size this was, that that was also about building consensus inside the business. It,
1: it absolutely is. You know, it, it 100% is. You cannot go in with this unilateral decision and say, this is what it's going to be called. This is how you're going to refer to it. Go. It, it simply doesn't work. And, you know, it's it, I'm very lucky because the the partners that I have, they're not even stakeholders, right? They're not even internal clients. They're very much partners, and they come to me with all of this feedback. You know, we're you know the the sales folks, for example. Well, we're out in the field and we heard this, or we got this question, or we got this challenge. How should we address it? Or this is something we didn't consider. And it's it's just this great kind of give and take. But it it absolutely couldn't be a unilateral decision on marketing, um, coming in and just kind of saying, this is what you're going to do.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that two-way feed is just adding to that lifeblood of keeping the proposition evolving and adapting. Absolutely. You
1: know, it's, it's so interesting because when you do that, you end up getting a little bit surprised, right? And I, I know when we were building the proposition, one of the things, although it's not kind of directly tied to the proposition itself, I remember when we were running the naming exercise, we started socializing a few options that we liked, right? Because of course, not going in with a unilateral, here's the name, and here's the, the proposition. And we went and one of our international business heads kind of kind of pulled me aside quietly. She said, you know, that, that name there, well, that means, that means bicycle. Do we really want to call our product bicycle? And I thought, oh my goodness, you know, it makes you sound so, feel so silly, right? But at the same time, it really reminds us how important this diversity of thought is in any process and making sure that we have this diverse representation of opinions and knowledge at the table at all times and making sure it's not just, you know, five people in marketings in Boston sitting in a conference room developing everything that we think is going to be wonderful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many nuances, aren't there, to factor in when you're thinking about shaping a new category, launching this this brand and and making sure that you've got the global international reach. W- were there any other surprises that you had a- along the way of actually building out the value proposition? You mentioned, you know, w- what was the right thing to do first versus second, this kind of idea of bringing in stakeholders along the way and, and making sure that it will resonate in each of the countries. Was Was there anything else that surprised you along the way?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, probably probably a multitude of things, quite frankly. I think probably the biggest surprise for me was how quickly the industry not only responded, but also adopted the idea um, and the concept. You know, it was, again, it's it's a brand new category for us. It was you sound, sometimes I feel like I said, we sound a little bit pompous, you know, it's like, kind of like, well, we revolutionized, you know, yes. this is, this is industry shaking. This is, you know, something <laughs> totally revolutionary. Well, okay. Yes. You know, it, it, it was, and, and we're really excited that we were able to, to listen to our clients and hear our clients and partner with them to make their, their lives easier um, and, and help them grow their business. But, you know, at the same time, I thought it was, it was really fascinating how quickly the industry got it and how they
0: said, you know what? yes, this makes sense. And of course, you know, that makes that makes my life much easier. And, and flipping that to the the competitive landscape. So State Street, you, you've launched this new proposition alpha out into the market. How, how did the competitive landscape inform your go to market? How did it change over the past two years? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. You know, we, we announced this about two years ago, right? We announced the acquisition
1: of Charles River Development and, and our vision to, to connect clients front, middle, and back office. And we, we did see the industry watch very, very closely. It, it was a milestone for our company and for financial services. And as I say, since then, we've really seen the industry, competitors and clients, move towards this positioning. And really what I kind of have to do every day, I, I try to remind myself that we cannot be complacent we could very easily lose our position and our first mover advantage as an innovator in this space. And it's a very real possibility, right? And a a massive risk to us as a company. And so really to kind of help ensure that we don't jeopardize our position, I believe very fervently that it's incumbent on all of us at the company, particularly in the marketing organization, to protect the message, to amplify the message, and to make sure that again, you know, going back to this idea that it's a living proposition, to make sure that we're nurturing this proposition in the right way and and at the right times
0: yeah I think you make an excellent point as a from a marketing perspective something I've always focused on is how do you stay restless how do you keep looking ahead to the to the next thing and and you've done a fantastic job and I think massive impact in terms of the market the way you've seen customers and and competitors lean into this idea is, is also then making sure that you keep building as opposed to looking backwards
1: well, I'm absolutely going to have to steal that. How do you stay restless? I love that, Alicia. That's that's <laughs> fantastic. I've never heard my yeah. my life kind of is, is boiled down to one sentence before. That's that's. I like that.
0: I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. If you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button for all our previous episodes and join the conversation over on WeAreMomentum.com. Speaking of the skill set, you know so I think something that I've touched on your your own ethos, and I think that the, something that you inspire in people around you as well is you know we can do better, we can make this happen, you know what what next? let's look forward. What skills have you found that were most critical from a marketing perspective in launching this new proposition? Oh my goodness, there are so many you know I think one that that we got kind of kind of
1: lucky about really is you know this idea of Outside-in thinking, right? And I know it's something you and I have talked about quite a bit, right? I think as you know, I've already talked about how we you can kind of get into your own head a little bit too much, and um, and and kind of create this little isolationist, you know, deal team, right? That's it's working and and working and working on creating um, and not listening. So I think this this idea of listening both internally and, and externally is so important, right? As we've progressed, this front-to-back strategy, we we needed to ensure that subsequent marketing activity post-acquisition, that it was not just simply reframing the initial announcement, right? And you could really easily kind of fall into that trap. But instead, we really needed to show that we could demonstrate progress, right? And a deeper level of content. And we really set about developing our key messaging platform, right? Again, this living, breathing document that's regularly, I would say, updated, not overhauled. And this key messaging platform, or this this gold copy, right? It provides the alignment across the organization, and it provides this standardized language. And you know, as as we did the initial update to this guide, we of course, you know, we partnered with you guys at Momentum as collaborative partners to, to develop an innovative take on our message and sales conversations to make sure again that it's not just you know this this internal. Um, you know, machine that isn't considering other elements. So I I think it's really that idea of kind of stepping outside of yourself sometimes and looking at things from a, a broader perspective.
0: And something I saw you and your team do on repeat the last few years is really create a rallying cry so you, you were able to unify so many internal stakeholders and get them onto the same page, particularly when you've made a, for anyone that's been through m activity, you've always got a bit of a tug of war <laughs> going on between uh, companies, between departments, between brands and and. and you know, go, go to market teams to be able to get everybody uh, agreed and aligned, um, more or less, uh, but behind a direction, and, and to be able to implement it as no no small feat. And that I think is does require a particular skill set that that isn't in everybody's um, DNA. You know, we've absolutely said to the team that we need to in,
1: kind of instill this challenge mentality, both for ourselves and for our stakeholders. Mm-hmm. We've we've kind of given people license to question things and to challenge things, but to make sure you're doing it in a, in a structured and, and helpful way, right? We, we've said we have to step back and we have to look strategically with a fresh eye at everything we've developed. And we have to push ourselves to re-engineer our approach on a rolling, not, not an annual, but on a rolling basis when our metrics and our insights indicate that an adjustment is needed. And you can go in and you can challenge a stakeholder, you can challenge a partner, and you can challenge yourself. And that's how we're always going to get better and how we're not going to get stuck in
0: a rut. Yeah. And and not become, just as you say, complacent with with, with where the market is. Exactly. Once again, that's how you're going to lose your first mover advantage. Good enough. Yeah, got it. And, and building on that first mover advantage, how, how do you think about targeting accounts? How do you think about your um, target audience and, and really engaging them behind the alpha proposition?
1: Oh, gosh, really, for us, it's about understanding our clients. And, and we try to do that. It's, it's so hard, right? Um, and you never want to, again, to this this idea of, of kind of, you know, complacency, right? You never want to think that you know everything about your clients. But what we really want to try to make sure that they're heard and that they're, they have a chance and an ability to have their voice be heard. And we really want to look at distinguishing them by segment and then subsequently by persona and understanding that segments may have different needs so that we can target solutions for their specific goals. Really for us, you know, we personalizing the campaigns as much as we can in a way that's designed to engage each account, basing the message on the specific attributes and needs of that account. That's, that's so crucial. Really for us, it's about the right content to the right
0: person at the right time and in the right format yeah got it and your accounts are all in different places particularly when you think about the the Charles River development acquisition you've got some CRD customers you've got some State Street customers you've got some non-core business customers how do you make Alpha State Street Charles River as a go-to-market how do you make it all work versus competing with each other
1: it's you know it really comes down i think to collaboration with the different teams right there's there's this great collaboration on on the kind of state street and charles riverside because we need to make sure and you know we we saw this with the acquisition we really wanted to make sure that we're preserving charles river development's culture as as really our number one priority right they they were a leader in the industry for a reason. And we wanted to make sure that we didn't just kind of go in and say, okay, now you're part of State Street and and have that kind of uniqueness and and that uh, that advantage, you know, edit or adjust. So we need to make sure that there's this unique, pure CRD proposition for, for folks and for clients who aren't interested in the full alpha proposition or who don't need that. But we also need to make sure that this is properly represented as a component of alpha and of State Street. It's it's really it's a delicate balance. But again, you know, when we partner with the CRD business leads to ensure that their vision is heard and recognized, it's it's just key to achieving this. I, I cannot emphasize how across the board listening is the best. I always I always say at home I have two very young children, two kids under three, and I always say no one listens to mommy. And you know, I, I feel like that sometimes it <laughs> works. no one's listening to the stakeholders, no one's listening to the clients. You have to have to listen.
0: And and talking about listening, how have you worked with field teams, market facing teams? How, How have you enabled them? on a proposition like this particularly for those that have come from other different parts of the business or or weren't familiar or haven't been on this journey with you over the last 2 years. Yeah, you know, it's it's a really great question actually because we've we've just kind of continued to develop stuff
1: for them and it again goes back to listening. We had an initial set where we created sales toolkits, battle cards, trainings, essentially this one-stop shop for everything alpha, you know, and at some point we said we have to trust that the proposition of the brand will be properly represented which of course it will by our fantastic client-facing teams. But, you know, really what we found is that if we listen to them, we can adjust what we have and what's available to them. The pandemic has been a perfect example of this, right, where we had a lot of hard collateral. We had a lot of tangible, you know, paper collateral and some some different ideas and some different content that really manifested better when you were in person and when you were face-to-face. So we've had to kind of reset our entire sales toolkit For a a digital environment. Really for us, what we've tried to stress is that preparation is key. And, you know, we have to ensure that that gold copy proposition flows through all of our materials, and that those materials are ready to go for our teams
0: and refreshed at proper intervals. Got it. So it's, it's, again, keeping it always on and, and breathing. And it, for other, um, I know many of our listeners are, are building out either brand new propositions or as their markets have shifted, they're, they're launching new service lines. What, what would you say were the kind of key building blocks? What advice would you give them to, to set up for success? Oh, my goodness. I, I would say be consistent
1: and to achieve that consistency in the brand and the value proposition. You have to be relentless and and frankly annoying, <laughs> right? <laughs> I am so precious when it comes to State Street Alpha, right? And that can be very frustrating to people. They may say, well, I, I just want to adjust this, right? I just want to tweak that or uh, the naming hierarchy should be this or, or this sub-brand. No, 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 it's different. It should be be this over here. But the fact of the matter is it's a new brand and it is incumbent on me and my team to protect it and to help it grow. You know, I, I kind of tongue in cheek, you know, I'm a mom of, of two kids. But really, in this instance, I'm a mom of, of three kids, right? You have to look at this. Yeah. It's a living, breathing value proposition. It's a living, breathing entity. And it's very young right now. And it needs that protection and that help. And you know what, people are going to get annoyed with you. And people are going to get frustrated with you. But you have that challenge mentality, and you do it in a constructive way, and you have a constructive dialogue. And that, I think, is going to lead to a very strong proposition
0: that resonates really well with clients and with the market. I think you make a really good point. Without getting to that critical mass, without getting to that consistency, you know, some of these things can end up being a drop in the ocean. But actually, if you can get everybody, so I say, singing from the same hymn sheet, that yes. they're on the same page, they're using the same language, they're having similar conversations, that's where you start to get some, some real movement and traction in the market. Absolutely. So, Catherine, I'd love to to finish on on a couple of things. first of all, what what are you most proud of on this huge journey that you've been on with State Street Alpha so far? Before we look ahead, what's your single biggest highlight of of the last two years?
1: Oh, it's it's the team. I mean, for me, it's it's always the team. I work with the most phenomenal people, and to see you know the some of the the more junior and younger marketing folks on my team really kind of jump into this and get so excited and learn so much and it's it's really about that partnership with the team that's that's been the best part of it it just Makes it fun to come into work, or to to dial into work, or to zoom into work. However you're <laughs> however you're doing it now. <laughs>
0: yeah, to work with your team. Yeah, I think it's fantastic when um, people have been there from the beginning, and you can see that evolution over time. So, Catherine, w- where next for for Alpha? You, you've you've built out this new category of positioning. You've enabled many of the client facing teams. You're securing customers. You're growing market share. You're staying ahead of the competition. What the next eighteen months, two years look like.
1: You know, it's, it's really, I think our goal here is to, to continue to encourage client innovation and choice, right? As, as this kind of living, breathing proposition evolves, it's going to be key that we focus on the power of collaboration and partnership, right? As well as flexibility to create this, this new, we, we say oftentimes, this new symbiotic relationship, right? Between our company, our clients, and then the many partners that we work with who power innovation in financial services. And I think if, if we can continue to do that it's going to be going
0: to be a good good few months good few years <laughs> Yeah, no no, no small challenge and yeah, complex proposition that has definitely has arms and legs and all, all, all the rest that continue to grow. So I can't wait to see what you do next. And it's been fascinating talking to you about building this first mover advantage. And I'm sure lots more innovation to come as, as you continue to listen to your customers and, and the market. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. This is so lovely to chat. Great to have you with us, Catherine. Thanks so much for sharing your insight and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks,
1: Alicia. Yep, and
0: to you. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum, the B2B growth consultancy and pioneers of account-based marketing. You can learn more at wearemomentum.com.